expectations versus reality. And I feel like to a certain extent, romance novels and romance movies give you high expectations of what a meet cute should look like. But when it really happens, it's awkward. It's yes. usually awkward. Or you can't even call it a meet cute at the time. You only figure it out later. Welcome to Speculative Sandbox, your audio playground for creative storytellers. My name is Vicky Lawn, and each episode, I and a guest will unpack a fiction trope with an eye for character development and narrative structures. Make sure to look for Speculative Sandbox on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, where you can join the conversation. Leave comments or questions, or let us know what other tropes we should cover. When the real world just doesn't cut it, let's get lost in a fictional one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What happens when two potentially romantic interests cross each other for the first time? They have a meet-cute. Author Salem Miles joins the podcast to talk about the different dynamics that come out of a meet-cute, how these dynamics further the plot and character developments, and whether or not meet-cutes happen in real life. Plus, it wouldn't be a speculative episode without unpacking the darker sides of this romance trope. What happens when a meet-cute takes a turn for the worse? Salem Miles, thank you so much for joining me on Speculative Sandbox. This episode comes out just ahead of Valentine's Day, which is very fitting because we're talking about meat cutes. But before we get to the topic, can you please introduce yourself and tell us and the listeners some of your latest projects? All right. Um, my name is Salem Miles, and I am an 18-year-old author. Um, I started writing when I was 14. And I only published just last year. And um, I published my debut series, uh, the Devington series, um, which will be finished um, this year. And my current project, well, the one that is coming out soon is Ordinary Human Beings. And it's a sapphic YA romance. And I am so excited for everyone to read it because I worked really hard on it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see that come out. Uh, I have some rapid fire warm up questions before we get to the topic. Are you ready? I am. Okay. <laughs> so, as I said, this episode releases on Valentine's Day week. Do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? I do, actually. Um, I'm going to go on a date. Uh, do you know where you're going? I'm so. I don't know yet. He said it's going to be a surprise. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'm excited for you. For the next question, this is a silly one. It's actually known for being used for job interviews. But if you could be any tree, oh, okay. what, what tree would you be? If I was a tree, I'd be an apple tree. Aw. <laughs> That's a sweet tree. <laughs> 
describe your ideal yeah. writing amb- ambiance. Like, where do you like to write? Um, where I like to write, I like to write somewhere that's really quiet so that I can, you know, express my thoughts properly and organize them properly. So I like to write um, somewhere quiet, like um, either in my room or in the study room. And usually if I'm not all up for like the quietness, I could like put some low music to play and to set the mood. What is your favorite romance story? My favorite mistake by Chelsea Cameron. I think that was my first book that I've ever read. And it got me into writing and reading at the same time. What is the most heartbreaking thing that you think can pull a romantic couple apart? Could be miscommunication or unfortunate circumstances like right person, wrong time. I really think that the right person, wrong time is the most heartbreaking, you know, pull factor for a relationship because you want them to get together, but then certain circumstances just can't keep them in the same place together at the same time. That I have seen a couple movies like that where you like, oh, La La Land. absolutely yeah or they 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 they're so perfect for each other but they want different things and so they go their separate ways and oh (laughs) so bad (laughs) there is drama anywhere you go in every industry so tell me what is the latest drama in the romance book world um I don't really know (laughs) maybe that's good you're not part of it that's awesome (laughs) Um, All right. You ready to go into the topic questions? Yeah, I am. Okay. The topic today is meet cutes. What is a meet cute and why is it such an important part of romance fiction? So a meet cute is when two characters have a chance encounter that sets up for, you know, the next time they meet each other again. And usually, um, this establishes that these two characters are going to fall in love eventually and that us as the readers should root for them to like get together. And I think that um, it's important in fiction because um, it builds character, it builds your character development, your character's development. Um, It also builds the plot and it gives um, the reader something to expect towards the end, because usually uh, the characters get together towards the end or in the middle. What would be an example of your favorite meet cute? My favorite meet cute is going to be Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Okay. Um, one of my favorite romance books of all time by the way um where elizabeth meets overhears mr darcy speaking about her insulting her before they actually meet and um it's just so awkward but somehow i find myself reaching for them to get together because mm-hmm. yeah. they have a really nice dynamic that you know they use or 
that they talk to each other or have, you know, some sort of chemistry at the start that makes me want to reach for them. Nice. Uh, my first exposure to Pride and Prejudice was the um, Kira Knightley version uh, that came out, oh gosh, like at least 10 years ago now. And that scene when they're in like the ballroom and they show up and he, yeah, insults her. And then they have their kind of, you know, conversation and he asks yeah. her, I think it's something on the lines of like, what do you recommend as like a key to a, a woman's heart or something? And she says, dancing, even if they're barely, if the partner's barely tolerable. I probably butchered that whole thing, but I love that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Okay. So. I did some research on meet cutes, especially when it came to creating relationship dynamics. Why are these meet cutes so impactful? And that's when I learned about the push and pull dynamics, whether it's pull, pull, push, 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 pull, nervous, uh, neutral. I wanted to walk through each of them. So uh, let's start with pull, pull. This is where the characters are instantly attracted to each other. What do you think of this form of meet cute I think this form of meet cute is um a really adorable cheesy meet cute because it instantly piques the reader's interest and um gives them more to you know root for for the characters like for example um in the movie that I recently watched um when I was preparing for this I watched her um I think I think it came out in 2013 and um, it's where Theodore met Samantha and they instantly had, you know, attraction towards each other. They were making each other laugh, their conversation was flowing. So I think that it really pulls the reader in and gives them more to root for in terms of these two becoming a couple. Is the her you're talking about, is that with, the one I'm thinking of is Scarlett Johansson and Joaquin Phoenix, is that the same one? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. I that one was so interesting. It's such an interesting concept because it's artificial intelligence and a man who feels very kind of isolated and uh alone in the world and turns to this program for partnership and comfort. And then it ends up becoming a very interesting cross. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's um like a love, a relationship builds between them. Yeah, it is. I really enjoyed seeing their dynamic on screen. And like as a as a viewer, I instantly wanted them to get together. Because uh-huh. it was just so reciprocal, the chemistry between those two. I could feel it through the speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you hear that originally it was a different actress that played the um Samantha right yeah um it was a different actress they filmed the whole thing and that voice I think just didn't vibe with the show the movie or Joaquin and so they had Scarlett Johansson come in afterwards and she did the whole thing and her voice I think just has a huge impact and really helps to uh push that that fantasy the idea of someone really loving you and and being there for you from the start I did not know that there was another but I think they made the right choice. Agreed. I can't imagine another person playing Samantha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Any other examples of pull pull before we move on? I think I'm gonna have to mention 
my ongoing works. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for the second book that I'm planning to release uh this year, it's called Twenty Two Letters. Um, Leon, like our main character, uh, is attracted to Nathan on the football team, and they both meet each other for the first time even though they go to the same school and they have some playful banter they make each other laugh and it all ends with them going on a date with each other so I I really loved writing their chemistry I loved writing how they talk to each other how they try to understand each other because they're coming from two different places uh, it's it seems so wholesome the pool pool when it comes down to it just the, this kind of happy circumstance where both yeah. people seem fully engaged from the start Absolutely. as opposed to the push push where both characters are immediately disinterested which is such yeah. an interesting dynamic because the whole story ultimately is about how both of these characters overcome that so what do you think of the push push dynamic i think this is second to pull pull for me um, because at first glance, they really, they're disinterested or like they just hate each other. And, um, another, I feel like one example that I could give is when Harry met Sally. I watched this with like their partner last week. And, um, even though they didn't really like each other at first, as time grew on, you know, they started having feelings, they started becoming friends, and it turned into a romantic relationship. So I really like the pull, the push-push factor because um, it allows the characters to overcome, you know, their obstacles, their differences, or at least try to compromise. And this gives, you know, the viewers or like the readers something to you know look forward to it's entertaining the banter is usually entertaining and fun so yeah awesome have you seen Bridgerton absolutely I, I saw the second season just yes <laughs> why did that come to mind <laughs> <laughs> yes that one when we were talking about the push push uh instantly thought of the the lead romance story in season two of Bridgerton where you have two people who are supposedly you know completely against each other but there's that dynamic there's magnetism between them the, the entire time which I think is such a delicate balance because you have to give the characters reason to be angry with each other so in the case of Bridgerton season two I think he was rude to her and at the first meeting and she overheard him like boasting to his friends but at the same time she was also hearing rumors about him that didn't paint him in a very positive light and then I think he was also yeah. receiving the similar right like hearing that she was kind of um you know, tight and not very approachable <laughs> and was really there just to like hover over her younger sister and the world seemed to be pushing him towards the younger sister. So you have these reasons why they can't be together, but then it doesn't deny the animal attraction that still needs to be very prevalent the entire time. I think what made their dynamic so interesting was that uh, in this case, every time that they tried to get close to each other or show some sort of romantic interest in one another they immediately cover it up which keeps 
you know, the viewers interested to see where this is going to end up because eventually it's going to happen. And the buildup is just so immaculate. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's very satisfying, right? Because as a, as a viewer or a reader, you are invested and you spent a lot of time in, in the development. So it's like, and that's one of the things I always find interesting. So I don't write romance. I write a lot of like science fiction, speculative stuff. And there's like the, mm-hmm. the big buildup at the end. Um, it, it, it involves like a lot of different factors coming together and all the plot points have to come together. But when it's romance, it's like this really perfect balance of stakes and motives when they finally do hook up, right? In romance novels, but it has to also balance like for example there's a reason why they weren't together and they have to wrap that up right like it can't just be despite these issues we need we we don't care that's great but those issues that tried to pull them apart they continue to have prevalence in the plot so being able to like you know wrap that all in together it's it takes it takes skill yeah it really does and I don't know you write science fiction Yes, I, I enjoy science fiction because I love social commentary, which is where, where I tend to, that, well, that's at least where my books tend to end up. Um, I don't have anything out yet or shop my agent's shopping, but I'm currently okay. drafting some stuff, but I love having romantic subplots. Um, I just love the idea of people coming together under, you know, um, fighting for like the same cause or even like the scientific, the sci-fi uh, scenario brings two opposing people together. That's great too. So, okay. So then the next dynamic is push pull where one person is interested. The other is not, which when I first read this, I was like, that sounds a little scary, but <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? And how do you think it's portrayed in, in stories? Well, this is an interesting one. Um, because, you know, as a reader, I'm not really expecting it, but it's amazing because it makes for good conflict. You know, one person is attracted to the other person and ultimately they're trying to win over the other person. That's for some of, you know, the books that I've seen. It's either the person is trying to win them over or they subsequently fall for each other together like the next person falls for them and yeah I really think it makes for engaging conflict because you're gonna try to see how far the characters are going to go to you know become a romantic couple mm-hmm. and I think the scene the, the movie that comes to mind for me is the notebook and the notebook oh. um Noah really likes Ali, but Ali at the time is, you know, on a date with another guy. So Noah tries to have some sort of, you know, dialogue with her, tries to talk to her and get closer to her, you know, um, in hopes of her showing some interest in him. And it does work out eventually. But I think the conflict was like engaging. It was really um interesting to see how far Noah was willing to go to you know let Ali be the woman of his dreams Mm -hmm. that gets me thinking too about I've been getting you know late night browsing Netflix I got I fell into a little k-drama 
um, you know, bubble for a little bit. I was just browsing through <laughs> a, a bunch of them and there are a lot of romance dramas and mm-hmm. a very common uh, trope that I was seeing is usually when the story's told from the the woman's perspective is that she's interested in this like debonair suave mysterious guy and the guy is like doesn't like above her like is so powerful is so rich so wealthy so amazing so whatever um that he's not interested at at all in her so then the a portion of the story is she's in scenarios with him where she really really likes him and he's just like Mm -hmm. you're nothing (laughs) (laughs) that and I guess that shift dynamic is what makes it so um suspenseful um but uh, yeah it's it's really interesting how that one works it really is it's not my favorite though do you think that um the push-pull dynamic is one that I always find that can actually have some possibly negative outcomes in the real world if you buy into the romantic twist. Like, for example, the idea that no means no and that persistent yeah. chasing isn't going to change. Someone. It's not a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it won't change the mind. It probably isn't a good idea. Um, there's this joke on line where they talk about you know you you ask your grandma how did she meet her you know your grandpa and then as you listen and they tell you the story you realize grandpa just chased her until she said okay (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I really wouldn't work in your life like for example I remember I had a crush on like my friend and it did not work out and because I used to watch a lot of romance movies, I thought that, you know, if I chased the person around, yeah. <laughs> then they just like me and it, it did not work out. It actually ended in a really bad friendship mm. broken up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, yeah. I guess that's what makes that dynamic kind of a, a fantasy, like, a, you know, in in that general sense where it's it's a it's a movie it's self-contained you have characters that are you know exist in that world and hopefully there's a positive outcome what I love about the push-pull dynamic is that it actually once you jump genres like you start going into thrillers you know in suspense Mm -hmm. then you have then it becomes like fuel for for something else but in the anyway so moving on from push-pull the other dynamic for relationship meet cutes is neutral nervous where one person tries to hide their attraction while the other is oblivious to the situation what do you think of neutral nervous this creates uh humor in the story obviously um for example the latest book that i'm planning on releasing in two months ordinary human beings has um, our main character Kendall attracted to Yasmina, but she is absolutely clueless. Every time Kendall does something, you know, out of you know awkwardness or shyness, uh, Yasmina rubs it off or brushes it off, and she doesn't see it as romantic or you know flirtatious. So I think it creates humor and it creates you know a quite steady build up to the moment 
till the next character to the character finds out that, oh, everything they were doing before was because that they had feelings for me. Mm-hmm. So I really like um, this dynamic because it's also the most realistic one of them mm-hmm. all because mm-hmm. it does happen in the real life, in the real world too. Another example is me and my friend. I did not know he was attracted to me at all. I, I really didn't know. The way that I treat him and the way he treat me was like a brother-sister relationship until I figured out that oh it's not it's not it's attracted to me so it's the most realistic one out of the bunch that we've mentioned Mm -hmm. and also you know it helps the the readers relate to it because I'm sure it's happened to everyone at some point we didn't really know that this person likes me or this person liked me so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it is a subtle, um, a subtle dynamic. It makes me think of a Bollywood film called Om Shanti Om that came out maybe 15 years ago. It had Shahrukh Khan, who's like the biggest actor in in Bollywood in India, um, right. and Deepika Padukone is the the lead um, female. Beautiful. It, it's a gorgeous movie. Highly recommend if anyone wants to kind of know like what does Bollywood look like during that time period. It, it's an homage to like I think the 70s of movie making. But the point of it is you have this movie extra who falls in love with like the the lead female superstar. And the entire time he's trying to like get to know her better. And uh she's she see she's seemingly completely oblivious to his um interests and he's not outright you know like i mean clearly he's interested so maybe he's not uh pushing exactly but he's like nervously going and saying you know hey i like you how do you react to this how do you respond you know until the the midpoint when you discover that she's actually a very unhappy actress who's secretly married to a producer and isn't allowed to live her life publicly and of course from his perspective that's devastating that's only the midpoint though there's a whole second half of the movie where it, it has a really good outcome but uh that that's a nice example of um especially for the viewer or the reader when they don't know how the other person is feeling about it you're in the shoes of the nervous and yeah. you know it kind of kind of raises the stakes for you personally when you get invested in that development so when you are looking at writing your romance stories and and here's all these different relationship dynamics how do they impact the overall story structure the, the plot devices, all of that. Um, in relation to this specific, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so if let's say we take pull pull, if your characters, you know, they're going to be a pull pull, then does that kind of t- inform you how the plot's going to go for the rest of the book, as opposed to a push pull or a push push? I think it should because a me cute is like supposed to inform us of the plot or how it's going to end up and it should foreshadow when you can it should foreshadow um how things are going to wrap up by the end and um i personally think without a me cute there wouldn't be a romance story at least one that does involve that does not involve childhood friends mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. true because you've you've already met each other, 
So exactly. it's not like strangers coming to that's a, that's an interesting thing. Can, okay. Let's say that you do have a story where they're friends. Can a meet cute be kind of put in there under certain circumstances between old friends? I think so. Maybe an example could be they haven't met in over like five years or 10 years and they virtually know nothing about them in the in the present. They only know their past lives and how they used to react and how they used to interact with each other. So I definitely do think a meet cute could be applied under those circumstances where they meet again and um, they start, you know, to rekindle their friendship as well as, you know, start to develop a relationship. Mm, then that got me thinking of Anakin and Padme Amidala, the uh-huh. second of the prequels when they haven't seen each other for a while and he's grown up. And that's a good example of initially a push-pull because he's nervous. He wants to see her. He's clearly attracted to her, but she kind of belittles him at first, like referring to him as a little boy, kind of insulting him a little bit and asserting herself. And then Mm -hmm. that eventually changes throughout the movie. Yeah, it does. I did not think of that example. (laughs) Yeah. Because ever since I was like, is that neutral nervous? I'm like, because no, I don't feel like Padme is very neutral in 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 his advancement advances. I think at first, like he gets really frustrated about how he she kind of belittles him at first because she's like he's like I'm a man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to think of me as a man. <laughs> um, do you meet cutes happen in real life, and have you experienced one? They do. They happen in real life, um, but not the way that a romance novel would want it to go. Like, it doesn't really happen the way you want it to go. Mm-hmm. For example, I remember, um, this is for my experience, and I remember I followed him on social media, mm. and he followed me back, and he immediately jumped into my DM, and uh-huh. we started talking. Um, we did have chemistry online, but then how it happened in real life, I was nervous, he was nervous. And it kind of, it's like expectations versus reality. And I feel like to a certain extent, romance novels and romance movies uh, kind of, you know, um, give you high expectations of what a meet cute should look like. Mm. But when it really happens, it's awkward. Yes. It's usually awkward or... <laughs> You can't even call it a meet cute at the time. You only figure it out later. That's a really good way of putting it. Yes. So well said. Because it, like, I feel like if, okay, let's say it's a club or or an environment where you're kind of like the expectations are, okay, if he's talking to you, he's probably interested, vice versa, right? But then there's like all the pressure. That's where the cheesy one-liners come out, you know, Um, but there (laughs) is that pressure that's kind of sitting on it, which makes it, um, which, which isn't the same feeling as a meet cute in a movie where, um, I always feel like meet cutes hinge on something else. Like it's not always the expectation of romance, but it's the circumstance of something broader. Um, I'm trying to think of like, for example, if you're rounding the corner and you bump into somebody and you both fall and you touch hands, picking up the books, right. You didn't bump into him with the expectation that, 
this is how I, this is how I'm going to trap them. Right. You know, like it's an accident. That's the, the charm of a meet cute. And through that circumstance that is unromantic, there's physical proximity, the accidental touching, there's an action, um, as you're scrambling to pick up your books. And then you yeah. see that person in a specific light in a specific, you know, um, I, I, I yeah. Okay. I think I've said, <laughs> <think Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love how you said that. So then what, okay, let's, let's get kind of have fun here, workshop this a little bit. When mm-hmm. I think of meet cutes, I tend to think of period dramas or, you know, things that are reflective of the movies that I used to grow up and watch during college. So early two thousands. Um, but let's look at the modern digital age where romance seems so structured now, uh, if you're not meeting people like in class or, you know, in your work area or, you know, on the street, um, you're using dating apps and you have like this coordinated date where that's like the expectation, right? So all that pressure is sitting there. How in the world does a meet cute look? What what does it look like in a modern digital aid age? It could go both ways. Uh, It could go two ways actually. For example, let's say Tinder, you set up a date with someone on Tinder and you're about to meet them for the first time. Uh, I'm just going to double back to what I said before about expectations like versus reality. Um, That person may not be your type when you're with them versus your type when you're like online. Mm -hmm. For example, I feel like people tend to create or at least um, heighten their personality online when they're when there's no one who's there to watch them or when there's no one who's there to say hey this is not how you act in real life mm-hmm. but then when it comes to meeting someone in person um, you can instantly feel sometimes you can feel that this is not the person that I'm going to continue going out with. It could be a one-time thing. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but you can just tell that someone's identity online, like how they present themselves is different from how they are in person. I I would think an interesting meet cute in that circumstance, because that feels like a, like a meat disappointment. <laughs> so like a meat cute, yeah. it would be if you're waiting for your Tinder date and they don't show up, but you mistake someone else coming in the door for your Tinder date and maybe it's oh. you for his date, but maybe they didn't show or maybe they're somewhere else. I don't know. And so, you know, you wave him over and in this circumstance, maybe you never saw pictures or maybe he's the twin. I don't know, but (laughs) the complete accident, but then you have like, if it's discovered at that time, then you bond over it or, you know, like now you're not, you trip over these fun things outside. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely could go two ways. (laughs) I just feel like if someone's going to meet someone online, like if you made a Tinder date, uh, just just expect it to go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it could be a really good outcome, right? Like you meet, exactly. and yeah, yeah. I've I've never dated in the modern age. I um, 
my now husband and I dated years ago and we figured it out without the use of apps. So I hear stories now and it's such a different world to me. Um, how familiar are you with that, that part of the dating world? I've never jumped on any dating sites and I don't think I ever will. But I will say that I've had cases where it's like the wrong number that just comes to my yep. to my inbox and it's awkward because they usually send a picture and yeah <laughs> no context and I'm like oh my goodness this is the wrong person they're sending it to <laughs> that's and true I can't explain <laughs> how it works I, I have to tell them it's the wrong number and they're like oh I am so sorry <laughs> yeah the wrong number thing is awkward I've gotten that a handful of times too I had one yeah. where the guy was a, um, he was a fitness trainer at like the LA fitness. And, um, he, he's like, Hey, uh, so are we getting get together before our session? And mm-hmm. I didn't, at first I was like, well, I go to the gym too. I work out. Who's this guy. Right. So I, <laughs> I didn't go to the, I didn't go to LA fitness at the time though. I went somewhere else. And so I text back, I'm like, what? <laughs> and he just kind of kept going. And I was like, um, and it turns out like he didn't want to believe me when I said that it wasn't me like he would thought I was the girl joking and so finally I had to pretend to be a guy and (laughs) and and that got him to leave me alone (laughs) the the things that you had I don't know um that was that was creative that was actually creative I'm gonna give it to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I've got my fair share of unsolicited pics and you know I'm like yeah (laughs) just I'm like that's a topic for another day it really yes and like does that qualify as a meet cute (laughs) 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 all right um let's see what other what other notes do you have on what does a meet cute look like in the modern digital age I had this one note but it's kind of dark it's really dark. Ooh. Okay. I'm still going to say it. Um, so, you know, when, again, let's use Tinder. Um, you swipe, right, and um, plan your date and everything. You got catfished. And, and you figured out that, oh, my goodness. This per- Have you ever watched MTV, like the catfish show? No, I haven't, but that sounds like it sucks. <laughs> There's a show where people would catfish into like sending um money online, sending their money, trying to talk to someone to see if they're gonna fly them out to meet them. Then they meet the person and um it's very different. They usually steal pictures online and impersonate someone. Ooh. And then there's another point that I made. This one is actually dark. This one, the the one that I just said was not dark. It was just something that I thought of Uh when I was looking back in my childhood, watching Catfish. (laughs) And telling myself, I will never, never do this. So um, it could be like someone who's trying to, um, you know, abuse you. Yes online or like when they meet you in person they could be a human trafficker sometimes (sighs) it happens I haven't heard it happen personally for 
people in my area, but it happens in my country. Oh my goodness. What country? Zimbabwe. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So now we're talking about meat cutes going dark, <laughs> like the, oh, okay. the dark side of, oh, of no. modern meat cutes. That's terrifying. But yeah, like what happens if the, the meat cute is manufactured, the, the setup, it's a setup that's terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. And it's the opposite of how a meat cute should be, you know, it's a meat cute should be romantic, awkward, and you're terrified for your life meeting yeah. someone that you don't know and they could, you know, they could end up murdering you if they really thought about it. Yes. For example, um, I remember it's a book that I read a long time ago. It's called The Seller. I don't remember how they met, but then she ended up getting kidnapped and kept in a cellar. Oh my God. With other girls, with like three other girls that were named after flowers. He gave them a name. Mm -hmm. And every time they would try to say, no, don't do this or disobey, he'd like physically harm them. Oh gosh. So that could, that's like a dark side to me, because they actually did meet, I think it was on a dating app. And she was expecting so he was actually really handsome, according to her. Mm-hmm. But then you never know what someone's thinking of. Yeah. And I'm really gonna try and look back to when I read that book because I don't remember the author. That is that does seem to be um I've talked about a book called Perfect Days. Um that I don't know if it was very many, manuf- it kind of, I guess it was manufactured from the beginning and then he kind of shows his true side. Um, it's, it's a yeah. terrifying, uh, twisted, his mom basically said, why don't you write romance books? So he's like, okay. And he wrote this really <laughs> messed up book. Um, another example, I guess, is you on Netflix. Oh I have, but my people keep telling me about it. <laughs> I absolutely don't understand why people love like it's terrifying. I love the acting and everything, but Joe just gets worse. He gets worse. <laughs> he gets worse each season, and when when he has somebody who's like him, he can't handle it. Mm. This is so sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's think of a less terrifying version. Okay, there was a <laughs> comedy that came out, and I'm forgetting the. It was with a female comedian who who I think produced it and directed it. I'm not quite sure all the details, but it's about a a woman who has a hard time finding a guy or whatnot. She meets a guy on the plane and he Mm -hmm. seems charming and cute. He's, but it's also, it's almost like when you look at the uncanny Valley where it kind of resembles what you want, but there's something wrong. I was picking it. Like I felt that there was like this immense feeling of discomfort that I kept having from it where it just, it didn't like, there are little clues. And I think they did that very deliberately where what he was saying didn't quite, it's when the smile doesn't quite meet the eyes. What he was saying wasn't quite fitting other you know, aspects about him. And it turns oh. out that he had manufactured everything, everything. Oh, and he was yeah. trying to like, I think, ulti- I think his goal ultimately was to like to leech off of her, but it ended up being like a, um, a revenge story where she, you know, gets her revenge on, on that, on him about that and confronts him with that. But that was it was weird because my husband and I were watching it and we're like what's going on the, something's different something's weird 
And my, my poor husband, who's just so optimistic and he's got a beautiful heart. He's like, you know, but he's just a nerd. He's just, you know, and then I'm like, no, there's something going on. You always have to listen to your gut. Right. And I think the, the movie was, that's what the point of the movie was. Um, but luckily, no one. I don't think no one died. Okay, I'll have to look it up. I think we saw it on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's one of their. You know how Netflix has like their line of comedians, and they all end up getting like contracts to have movies and specials and stuff like that with Netflix. Yeah. I think it was one of those situations. So, oh. anyway, any other examples of meat cutes going dark? I think that's it. That's all I could think of. so now we've so we've gone from like oh me kids are so fun to like oh my god lock your doors and never go have one (laughs) (laughs) okay so for this last portion i came up with like just weird speculative scenarios since this is speculative sandbox and Mm -hmm. i wanted to workshop what would a meet cute look like for the following scenarios so are you ready okay i am last two people on earth that sounds like the start of the best post-apocalyptic story that will ever be written. I think a meet cute like that would look like um, maybe, okay, this is an example I came up with from the top of my head. I know it's been used before, but um, for example, uh, one character basically saves the other character's life and he doesn't realize he or she or they don't realize that um hey they're the last they're the second last person on earth (laughs) so they try to like navigate you know their new world like that's something that I came up with I really thought it would be so interesting to write (laughs) yeah because um in that scenario I, I, what I picture when you say that it's like maybe some guy was living like Brendan Fraser's did a movie Fraser did a movie a long time ago where I think he came out of like a time capsule or whatever and the world had changed and um, I, I can almost picture that like someone who hit out came out ventured out found someone else and yeah. he doesn't re- realize he's the last person on earth or that the other person is the other last person on earth um, oh. so it's like kind of a happy circumstance that um, is so good. <laughs> for another example where um they they real they think that they're the last person on earth and then they see another human, the amount of joy. Uh-huh. Yes. See the amount of joy and relief. Yes. Or what if the circumstance of them being the only one left on earth is like pretty sad and terrifying so that when they do see another person they're like are you actually real oh my goodness that would that would be so terrifying especially if it's like a story where um ai has taken over oh yeah I, i remember there's this game um i don't remember the name of the game but ai has taken over and the police officer or like the soldier's um, partner um, is now AI. So he gets to a point where this was so hard to make. That decision was so hard to make where um, he meets someone that looks exactly like his partner. And there are two versions of them. And he's trying to figure out which one is the good guy and which one is the bad guy out of the two because they're trying to 
um, you know, rule the world and rid them of every human. They thought there was only one human left. They thought there were were more humans left after they saw, you know, the cop alive. So it was so terrifying. That is terrifying. Well, okay. The the scenarios get even more ridiculous. Okay. Okay. Now, what would a meet cute look like between a living human and a ghost? Oh my (laughs) god. This would be comedy. It would be so terrifying at first. It would be so terrifying at first. Like, um, I think they're trying to produce a movie about this this year. I don't remember the name of the movie, but um, someone dies. <laughs> they don't know the next person, and that person is the only one that, that can see them. So it's terrifying. <laughs> they're like hey let's solve my murder together Ooh. so initially it's like a push pull because exactly the ghost's like hey i need your help and you're like no like what no <laughs> interesting like that, that would be so terrifying to imagine you're waking up and then there's like someone beside you and you're like what and you try to hit them but you can't because they're yeah. ghosts Yes. And when you think about romance too, okay, the easy button is that ghost better be really good looking and, and fitting of my personal taste. But what if, yeah. what if it's not? I've seen versions of ghosts like in different stories. Like for example, V.E. Schwab has, I forgot what the book is called, but it's it's like a dark gothic uh, horror. And her ghosts in that one are just remnants of body parts depending on like how strong the spirit is, how old the spirit is. So let's say that you aren't even woken up by like a ghost that looks like a person. It's a ghost that looks like a disembodied head with like a lung and, you know, like femurs, you know, and um, (laughs) that's what's talking to you. And then imagine then throughout the story, if this is a romance, yeah. So the me cute, I guess what makes it cute is that for us, it's a funny encounter, but it's terrifying, right? Like you said, for the human, but then to go through a story where they're helping each other out for whatever reason, you know, solving a murder, maybe the ghost saves the person at one time. Then it takes it to a whole nother level. If someone starts to fall in love with like floating sacks of meat and flesh, (laughs) it's kind of like how Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with artificial intelligence, you know, it's because it's not about like how the person looks. It's about how you can act, you know, the bond yeah i understand <laughs> oh my goodness I okay can't, can just imagine how the ghost would feel though yeah like let's think about the ghost feelings as well <laughs> yeah. thinking about the human that's true it's poor ghost <laughs> so what if the ghost actually isn't interested what if the ghost like look i just need you for help here i have Ooh. a wife she's somewhere else what if the human falls in love with the ghost if the ghost just doesn't love the human back. Oh, that's so sad. Then it's a tragedy, right? Because yeah. doesn't, for it to count as like a romance genre, does there have to be a happy ending? Happily ever after? No. No? Okay. So it can it be sad? have to be. Right. Who, who cares about these rules? No rules. Throw them out. Break them all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, my last scenario is very absurd because we've now removed the human. But I was like, let's get creative here. 
This okay. is artificial intelligence versus a robo caller. Now, before you get, you're like, what? Let me explain. <laughs> okay. I know for a fact on TikTok, at least that people have received, like they get so many robo calls, right? That they end up like receiving them on multiple phones. And then you have, like, you turn them on at the same, you answer them at the same time. And they end up talking to each other on speaker to various degrees. And maybe it's fake and maybe it's authentic. I don't know. That a uh-huh. standard robo caller is very obvious. Artificial intelligence calls. I don't know if people have received these yet. Um, and but what they do is they it's it's a computer program that responds to what you say and it it's very convincing. I had one call me about five years ago that made me think they were part of like a police um families of fallen police officers foundation and they were raising money. And as I was at, and the thing is, is I work with police officers all the time. So I started asking follow-up questions and uh-huh. it was very convincingly answering my questions until it started to kind of expose itself as it's not a human, especially when I said, well, hold on, let me see. I, I don't know just yet. And then it defaulted to the no answer and gave me something that was so bizarrely not in tune with the conversation. I'm like, this isn't a real person. So that's, that's the circumstance. You have a very advanced spam caller versus like your standard robo caller. And now they're talking to each other. (laughs) Can a meet cute happen from that? (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you let me have free reign. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is creative. That's very creative. I have never thought about that. Maybe that would be, that sounds like a good, you know, subplot. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the meet cute would be in the actual act of answering the phones and then like hearing it go back and forth. And then they realize something is up. Like they start tripping over each other. I don't, not cute for them. Maybe it's cute (laughs) for us. (laughs) <laughs> That's because like I'm trying to see how that would happen in real life. <laughs> Definitely I just fabricated. Can imagine like one caller has a delay in responding. Yeah, and it's so awkward. There's some awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. It would be really awkward. I would have secondhand awkwardness. What's the word when you have like secondhand shame or whatever, when you're not even in the situation? Secondhand embarrassment. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Any other funky, funny meet cutes you could think of just in general? It doesn't have to be those scenarios. This is, this is absurd. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That I subjected you to this because I was subjected to it a few days ago when I asked my boyfriend because he's really funny too and he's actually quite insane sometimes okay so he said um take beauty and the beast but you know the beast stays the beast oh like never turns absolutely oh like they just stay you know in their beast form they never change take that and make it a romance Oh, interesting. Where they get married and how they handle things. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know. Was Belle and I'm going off of the Disney animated, was Belle ever like promised that he would turn back at any point? Or was that just like a happy, you know, cool. that was a happy ending. I don't think she was ever promised that. 
which is why I feel like when he brought this up, he 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 actually had this question. He was like, "Huh, what if he never turned? What if he never turned? Would, he, I, would well, she stay with him? <laughs> I think she would, simply because I don't think she had the expectation." In the first place, I guess maybe she could have had a hint when she was going through his things and saw the ripped portrait of his former self. Uh-huh. But, but I, I think, well, because she was startled when he first became a human, right? And he had to kind of assure her that it's me. <laughs> All the Bell, it's me. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you watch things as a kid and you have that, you know, intonations, everything burned into the back of your brain. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, the, I so think she. Would- looking like a different type of movie oh yeah that almost feels like that could be a um oh shoot who's the guy that does all the tim burton i feel like that would be a very tim burton yes i remember now i remember he did this movie what is it called is it sweeney todd yeah he did sweeney todd exactly (laughs) yes like we're like uh we're that corpse bride there's some other examples where you see people that aren't exactly like uh, i like you know beautiful healthy <laughs> people um but they still have their love stories so if beast were to stay the way that he is now you're talking about a very unconventional uh couple and mm-hmm. i can see that working for tim burton yeah and- I see that working. Or maybe one of the, like, the director of Malignant. Because oh. that movie was crazy. Malignant. I have not seen that yet. That looks scary now that I'm looking at it. James Wan. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm going to go see Megan. Oh, I heard I, it's really good. I, have, I It is. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to see how Megan is. I feel like Malignant is only, if you get what he's trying to do, he's just having fun mm. with the concept. Yeah. If you don't take it too seriously, then mm. yeah, it's, it's amazing. But if you take it too seriously, <laughs> it's all over the place. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, Salem, I've really enjoyed this time chatting with you. Do you have any final thoughts, notes, or promos that you'd like to leave us with? I would like to say to everybody um, listening to this that if they're interested in checking out my upcoming releases or checking out my debut series, the Devington series, uh, they can follow me at written by Salem on Instagram. I'm currently making a Facebook page as well, but they can follow me to check for, you know, any updates. And as well, if they're into, you know, young adult sapphic fiction, I love writing sapphic fiction. Um, they should definitely give my work a try. Speculative Sandbox is a volunteer-run podcast that relies on the collaboration of fellow creators like you. Join the conversation and participate in fun polls and questionnaires on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Interested in being in a future episode? Our DMs are open, or you can email speculativesandbox at gmail.com.